All right, welcome everybody to this little podcast series we're going to do. This is mostly designed for our Tuesday night Bible study. We're going to do some recaps of the studies. Um, and what we are going through right now is the book of Revelation. And I have my lovely wife, Allison, here with me. Hi. And since people have been asking me for recaps and and sometimes people have to miss, but Revelation is one of those studies that builds on itself. I thought this would be a good way to do recaps of the study of the book of Revelation for posterity. Yes. So Revelation was not the first book that I picked for our Bible study to go and study. In fact, she ardently opposed it. Yes. Still kind of do. Still but... kind of do. Even six chapters in? Uh, yes, yeah, six chapters, but how many months? We okay. started the beginning of April, and it is now middle of August, and we are only six chapters in, and this is a Bible study we have done every week. Not every week. Uh, most weeks. Yes. Do you want to explain a little bit about how the Bible study works that we do? Yeah. So, Michael has been teaching Bible studies since he was 12 years old, which really impressed me whenever I first found that out when we first started talking and dating and still impresses me. Um, He's always taught his Bible studies by going chapter by chapter, verse by verse through different books of the Bible. Like so many people think you have to have a curriculum um, like search for truth or the Bible made simple or come up with your own like topical Bible studies. Like, oh, we're going to do this week on faith and next week we're going to do it on the truth of the Bible, but honestly, just going scripture by scripture is so basic. And whenever he first told me that that's how he did his Bible studies, it kind of blew my mind because I always thought you had to do it topical. But um, seeing it just at this basic understanding and basic level, there's so much more life that's given to these scriptures instead of just let's use this scripture to talk about truth. Well, now you're going to use the scripture and looking at the whole context of it, and one person may see how this scripture applies to faith, and someone sees how it applies to love, someone else sees how it applies to peace, and you just get so much more input going yes. verse by verse. Yeah, I agree. Because expository study is my favorite way to do it, because what we're doing is we're taking the Bible, the way it was written, how it was written, and we're saying, okay, let's let the Bible speak to us. We want to hear what the Bible has to say, rather than just saying, okay, what do I want to know, and then taking a bunch of verses from all over the place. Now, we're still looking at a bunch of verses from all over the place, (laughs) because we want to understand the main themes, but we're going verse by verse through in order to take it as it is. And that way, and the, all the topics that you want to study come up, when you go do that over the years, going book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and also ones that you didn't want to cover come up. And that's important for us as well. Yeah. So One thing that's important about looking at other scriptures, at like other books of the Bible, as you are going through your book, that sounds kind of confusing, but the Bible explains itself. Right. Like there's no contradictions in the Bible and you may read something and it may seem confusing, but lo and behold, the explanation is in a different book because there's so many cross references. Yep. That's exactly right. So what we are, uh, so I've, I've done that kind of study, like she said, since I was 12 and in a Bible study we were doing in Loveland, 
uh, we went through the entire New Testament, and then I've done scatter books of the Old Testament throughout different Bible studies. And in this Bible study, I kept getting the request to do the book of Revelation, and I've always avoided the book of Revelation. For obvious reasons. For <laughs> reasons that relate to our culture and our and just the fact that there's so many different ideas about Revelation. And since it's prophecy, there's a lot of different ways people interpret it that are drastically different. And so there was a point where we were going to do it in our Loveland Bible study because we were going through the whole New Testament. And we ended up deciding to just read through the book without commentary, uh, except for at a couple of places because it was getting so contentious and it was we weren't really getting anything out of it. And then another time I sat down with uh, Brother Skinner, who's a pastor friend of mine, and he and we said, you know what, we're just going to look at Revelation for what it is, and we're not going to uh, look at any commentaries or anything, and we'll just figure it out by reading through it ourselves. And then we got to chapter six and the third horseman, and we said, okay, we give up, and we <laughs> went and studied something else. Uh, so I've I've often have, or I've always avoided this book, and yet uh, I that's one of the books that I get the most requests for doing. Ever since I was doing youth Bible studies, that's what people would request. Why do you think that people ask for Revelation specifically? I think because since they've heard that it is referring to end times and maybe predicting things in our world, that it feels the most exciting because it's talking about things that may be happening in the near future. I think that's how people feel about it. It's kind of mysterious. The images are fantastic and bizarre. And I think people get excited to know what's coming up in the future. Well, personally, I grew up with a pastor who loved to preach on Revelation, and I was so confused as a kid and also terrified. <laughs> there was one Sunday he was preaching about the blood moons, and I'd never heard of it before. I didn't know that it was something that actually happened regularly. And he said that there was going to be one like in two months. And I was so certain that the rapture was going to come <laughs> in two months that there was this project I had that I literally almost didn't do because I thought that Jesus was going to come before. Um, obviously, he didn't. I had to do my project. Didn't get the best grade <laughs> on it because I waited a while <laughs> before starting. Classic uh, kid listening to <laughs> Revelation teaching story. Yeah, but... Personally, I've always kind of avoided that book because because it seems scary, you know? Like, there's images of people dying and all these plagues and stuff, and no one wants to live through that. Like, we, we already read um, back whenever the ten plagues happened to Egypt, and we know what happened to those people then, and thinking about... Like, oh, I wouldn't want to live through those plagues. Well, the book of Revelation has some that seem even scarier. And so everyone's like, please let it be pre-trip. Please pre-trip. <laughs> God, yes. take me now. Not to mention there's dragons and beasts rising out of the sea with multiple heads. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's a bunch of weird images in the book of Revelation as well. And so, uh, so for all those reasons... I've avoided teaching on it because I really wasn't sure what I thought about it myself, in all honesty. I, I had heard a lot of different perspectives. I wasn't really sure where I landed. But um, I, when people were asking me the most recently, and I've, I've been doing some study and I've seen some different things through my study of other books and that helped to shed light on what's going on in Revelation. 
And I realized that Revelation, we get a lot of theology from because it's the culmination of the entire Bible. All Everything uh, from Genesis to Revelation is is tied up in Revelation. We see God's unfolding plan. As we read through scripture in Genesis, we see how it all started. In Revelation, we see how it's all going to end. We see what God is taking us to. And it's important that we understand that. It's important that we know that. That's really foundational to our theology. And there's a lot of loose threads throughout the rest of scripture that get tied up in Revelation. So we see the tree of life in the beginning in Genesis. And we see the phrase of here again in Proverbs. And then we don't see it again until the book of Revelation. We need to study Revelation. And Revelation starts off with, blessed is he who reads and understands the words of this prophecy. So there's a blessing in reading Revelation. And there's a blessing in understanding Revelation. And that was the part of the blessing that I wasn't sure uh, I was going to get. But I think it's important that we look through it and understand it. And, you know, I feel kind of tricked into it because I wanted to do First Peter, which we did. And then everybody said, well, we should do Second Peter since we did First <laughs> Peter. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. And then, then they wanted to do First John. And then so, of course, we had to do Second and Third John. And then we went into Jude. And uh, everybody's like, well, you know what's next. Revelation is next. And I said, okay, we can do it, but we're going to have some ground rules. So that's what we're going yeah, and Allison was like, I don't know about going through Revelation, but I said, no, by the time you're done going through it with me, you're going to love the book of Revelation. It's going to be your favorite book. And she's still skeptical, but I think we can convert her. One thing, though, that I love, you said it a minute ago about how we're studying the book of Revelation is that it's a culmination of the entire Bible. So many people look at Revelation as a completely different part of the Bible because mm. it talks of future events. Yeah. But, and the Bible says that God knows the end from the beginning. So he starts at the end and then plans the beginning. Mm, so he started with Revelation. Yeah. <laughs> and went backwards. So obviously there's images from the New Testament and the Old Testament all found in the book of Revelation. And I do think that people miss out on a lot of the meaning of Revelation because they don't understand other parts of the Bible, particularly the Old Testament prophets, I think is where, as the modern church in America with our Western mindset, the prophets, I think, are really hard for us to grasp and understand. That's been my experience, at least, in the church. And um, because we don't know the prophets very well, we miss out on a lot of what Revelation is saying. Because Revelation, and you can back this up just from the first, our first uh, six chapters, which we've spent <laughs> a long time studying. The the book of Revelation refers to the Old Testament so much in either yeah. grabbing a phrase or a concept or whatever. And a lot of times people miss it because they're not looking back into the rest of scripture. They're looking in the newspaper trying to match up <laughs> the, the things in Revelation with current events. And I think that is, while I'm not saying that that is an entirely wrong way to do it, I think you miss a lot if that's the only way you're doing it. Yes, I've certainly heard that the flying grasshoppers in Revelation refer to helicopters. Yeah, and, and the hair like women on them is like the women like moving their hair around like the propeller like a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So many people have dedicated their entire lives, their entire ministries to studying the book of Revelation, and they have completely opposing ideas. So part of my mindset has just been like, well, we're all going to die one day and go to heaven. We don't and have a chance. We'll find out whatever it happens. Like, that's kind of always been my philosophy. 
But there's so many more reasons to study Revelation than just trying to figure out the end times. Revelation is a book of theology. It's a book of worship. It's a book of revealing Jesus Christ. The very first words of Revelation are the revelation of Jesus Christ. And in order to really understand who Jesus is, I think we actually need the book of Revelation. I think it's essential for understanding the character of God and the way that God is working all of human history together. And so... As we're going through Revelation, I said, we'll go through Revelation if we agree to some ground rules. Mm -hmm. And so I laid out some ground rules and I wrote out a little thing about it. I wanted to make sure people realized that as I set out these ground rules, I'm not saying this is the only legitimate way to study Revelation or that you can't make your own applications in other ways than what we were going to do in the Bible study. But because of my limited knowledge and lack of certainty about what events match up with what, And with the nature of doing a Bible study group with people that have a lot of different ideas, and also since a lot of people have a lot more certainty than me (laughs) about what things uh, represent, then I wanted to approach the study of Revelation a little differently than how a lot of people do it. So I didn't want everybody bringing their timeline charts and, you know, their their, uh, articles about whatever. I wanted to do it in a slightly different way. So Yeah, we always joke that afterwards there's like a secondary Bible study where people can... Um, yeah, people can go out in the street and talk about all, <laughs> yeah. all the current events. That, what do you think this means? Yeah, but so, so what are we even talking about then in Revelation? Well, so what we're not interested in doing is trying to match the predictions in Revelation to specific events, either current, in the news, or historical uh, because that's a view of Revelation is that's all already happened or that parts of it have been happening throughout all of history ever since uh, Jesus died on the cross or whatever. But we're not trying to match it up with specific events. Also, we're not trying to create a timeline of end time events. So that, that's where those charts come in where you see like, here's the rapture and here's the tribulation and here's uh, the millennial reign or whatever. And that's not what I'm interested in doing because uh, and a lot of times when people do that, they... They say Revelation isn't chronological, and so they do it in all kinds Mm -hmm. of different orders. But there's a reason the book was written in the order it's written. So I want to approach it literarily in that way instead of trying to figure out a chronological timeline. Because there's a reason God gave it to us in the order that it's in with the chapter. Obviously, the chapters weren't there, but in that order. Mm -hmm. I think that's another reason why I always try to stay away from Revelation is because I've... Anytime it was taught on, it was jumping from this chapter to that chapter to this chapter. And I never knew what's supposed to be pre-trib, what's supposed to be post-trib, what's supposed to be the trib, and <laughs> and where it's all supposed to fall. So I was like, let me just read about Jesus, make sure I'm right with him, and hopefully I won't have to deal with a lot of the stuff yeah. in this book. Then that's daunting to try to keep all of that in your head. Um, But God gave it to us the way he gave it to us for a reason. So we are taking this book as a literary whole. So that means we're not trying to find out if the events are chronological, but rather why they've been given to us in this order and how it fits into the structure and themes of the book. Why is it written this way? Um, Also, we're not looking at it as a standalone book. Like this isn't just our little crystal ball that we're trying to look into. And we already talked about this, but this is the culmination of the entire Bible, Old and New Testament, um, which means that it wraps up the overall story told in the prior 65 books. What I'm really interested in Revelation is how Revelation takes the themes from the rest of Scripture and then in 
in light of the themes from the rest of scripture, what is Revelation doing with those themes? I really like how we're doing it. And I really appreciate like how much you have been studying to put into this. Because personally, I would never have thought to go look at the Old Testament prophets to try to understand the book of Revelation. Again, I've always thought of it as a standalone book. And just because the imagery mm. is so confusing, and <laughs> I guess I should have figured that it went back to the Old Testament prophets because I was never really able to understand those either. <laughs> <laughs> those are ones that, like, from my Bible reading plan, I just audio booked <laughs> so I could kind of get through them. Yeah, but it is. It does go back to the Old Testament so much and to the New Testament. And in order to really understand it, I think if you haven't already read the other 65 books of the Bible, this is a good time to do that because it is all building to what's happening in Revelation. Mm -hmm. And so when you see the four living creatures in Revelation, if you're reading Revelation for the first time and you haven't read the rest of Scripture, you're like, what in the world? But if you've already read the book of Ezekiel, you have a clue about what those things are. And if you've already read about the horsemen in Zechariah, then when you get to the four horsemen of the apocalypse, as people say, then it's mm-hmm. not as out of the blue. There's it's already there's already been a precedent set, right? When you see those candlesticks, you're not just trying to come up with some weird thing about the zodiac, which I've actually heard, but you're thinking back to the tabernacle and what was going on in the tabernacle, right? So these are all things that knowing the rest of scripture has a lot to say about. I love that you you mentioned this earlier, but the very first line of the book of Revelation says the revelation of Jesus Christ. Right. We always associate like the book of Revelation to be the revelation of John because he's the one that wrote it. It was the revelation that was given to him. But it was the revelation of Jesus Christ. And to fully understand Jesus, you look back at the rest of the Bible because that's the account that we have of him. Like we think that the revelation of knowing who Jesus is, is looking at the Gospels which is what Jesus did while he was on earth. But to fully understand like the Godhead and Jesus as God, you have to look at the book of Revelation. Yeah, because Revelation means an unveiling. It means a revealing. Mm-hmm. It's actually it comes from the same root. That means to like take a cover off or to even like, you know, even taking off clothes or whatever. It's, it's revealing what something actually is. And Jesus talks about his flesh in the Gospels as a veil. Or, I mean, in the mm-hmm. book of Hebrews, it refers to Jesus' flesh as a veil, covering the glory of God. And the disciples got a little peek of that veil being opened up up on the Mount of Transfiguration. And then in Revelation, John sees Jesus in a whole different context than what yeah. we see in the Gospels. And yet it's the same Jesus, and it's a mm-hmm. revealing of who he is. And all the symbols and stuff in Revelation as well, they are actually revealing what things are. Because even though we look at the symbols and we're like, well, that makes it so much more confusing when they talk about the false prophetess Jezebel in Revelation 2. It's not that that lady's name in Thyatira was actually Jezebel, but it's showing us the spirit that she had and who she really is. When you when you see a, a governmental system being depicted as a beast, it's not because it's trying to confuse us and just be cryptic and weird, but it's showing us what that actually is. It's a beast. It's, you know, it's trampling. It's got that bestial instinct in nature. Like there's something about the symbols that's trying to point to the real thing. Yeah, and whenever John in the book of Revelation sees Jesus... 
it's a completely different reaction to how he spent his time with Jesus whenever Jesus was on the earth. Like at the Last Supper, we know that John was laying his head on Jesus' chest. Well, in the book of Revelation, whenever he sees Jesus, he like falls down on his face, terrified, because that outward flesh has been uncovered. And he's seeing Jesus as he truly is. Yeah, it's a revelation. It's a revealing. And so in light of all of that, we are going to be interpreting Revelation in the light of the rest of Scripture, uh, but also the rest of Scripture in the light of Revelation. In other words, Revelation has some incredibly profound things to say by tying up threads left hanging in other places in the Bible. Like in Revelation 1, we're going to talk a lot about Daniel 7 and the Ancient of Days. And Revelation gives us like this explosive uh, revelation <laughs> about what is going on in Daniel 7. There's a lot of things like that throughout Scripture that Revelation is giving us the the key to mm-hmm. unlock in a way. Uh, but we want to start with the rest of Scripture and then and interpret them in light of each other. And so we're not looking at Revelation as a crystal ball to see the future or the past, depending on your interpretation. But we are going to be viewing Revelation as a book of teaching with instructions to be obeyed. And you see that at the beginning and the end of the book. So our first thought as we read any of the passages will be to understand its theological implications. Uh, what does it say about God? So that's what theological implications mm-hmm. are. What it, What is this teaching us about who God is and his character? Uh, we want to know what the passage is saying about its practical obedience implications. In other words, what does it say about us and how we should live? So whether or not you think the saints throughout Revelation are people that were left behind, but then that turned back to Jesus, or or whether you think it's just the Jews, or whether you think it was the early church, or whether you think it's going to be us in the future. Either way, what you, what we need to do when we see the things about the saints is say, okay, what is the principle that is being shown to us about the saints throughout the book of Revelation and how they reacted and how can we apply that to our mm-hmm. lives? And so we're, we're wanting to know first the theological implications. What does it say about God? Secondly, the practical implications. What does it say about us and how we should live and the worldview implications? So what does this say about our world and the spiritual and physical realities of it? What all of this is aiming for is a way to become familiar with Revelation, but kind of detaching it from the superheated uh, points that really get mm-hmm. people fired up and that may or may not be beneficial. So it's a it's a different way of approaching the book. Again, I'm not trying to invalidate uh, people's charts and all that. Like that, you know, maybe that is what you'll want to do after you look at Revelation the way I'm talking about. But I want to use this as a framework for our study of Revelation. Yeah, and I feel like most of the time people just focus on the worldview part about okay, what is the book of Revelation saying about what's going to happen in our world? And if I can read the book of Revelation and find things that are happening right now, that means Jesus is going to come faster. Well, whenever we were going through the different churches, there were things in each of the different churches of Asia that related to our world right now, but it was things that they were dealing with back then. So, I think it's a verse in Ecclesiastes or Proverbs, one of them. It says there's no new thing under the sun. Yeah, Ecclesiastes. And we think like, oh, because this is happening right now, then that means that God's going to come tomorrow. But they've been dealing with these things ever since creation, basically, mm-hmm. since the mm-hmm. dawn of time. And Revelation has already spoken to every age that's come mm-hmm. before us. And yes, a lot of times people thought, oh, these are going to be future events that are going to be fulfilled in our lifetime or whatever. And yet there's truth in Revelation that is for the entire church in all ages. And I really believe that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to take the warnings that are in Revelation and 
make sure that you are getting right with Jesus. So here's our key verse to wrap up this intro podcast for how to study Revelation. And it's Revelation 1-3. And it says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. So mm-hmm. the blessing is for the one who reads, those who hear the words of the prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein. So that means revelation is a prophecy that can be kept, mm-hmm. right? Not just like kept in your heart, but it actually has things in it that needs to be yeah. obeyed. And we see that again, like I said, in the end in Revelation 22. So come with us on this journey. We're going to do recaps. We're going to be focusing on the text and how it references other scriptures. And as we go through, we'll try to do recaps after the different mm-hmm. Bible studies to talk about the main points that stood out. 